Good morning, everyone. Welcome uh, back to Breakthrough Academy. I'm glad for everyone to be here, that, that we'll join, or that if you will watch this in the future. We are glad that you are here today. Uh, we're here to have a good time to get into the Word. Um, I'm joined here with Pastor Peter. Welcome, Pastor. Thank you, and I appreciate it. And yeah, we've, Joshua just prayed something a few minutes ago when we were just you know, waiting on the Lord, preparing. And um, he talked about something that just went off in my heart. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Yeah. And um, I thought, yeah, that's right. The Word of God, when we're talking about the great truths of the covenant, we should look forward to this being a lot of fun. And yeah. so why don't you set your faith and say, I'm going to have fun in the Word today because when we dive deep into God's Word and the Spirit reveals things, it is a lot of fun. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of joy in getting revelation from God. And um, so we're going to dive straight in. Uh, we appreciate um, what God's been sharing. Uh, can, can I make a quick note just while you're preparing? Um, and as always, um, we're here every Friday morning at Breakthrough Church. We would always love it uh, if you would love to um, actually be here in person. We appreciate uh, you know being online and having the stream and all this that we can we can watch it now or later. Um, but we are always here live, obviously That's live. Right. And you are always welcome to be here. We set up tables and seats, and the weather is getting actually pretty good. Yeah, in Melbourne. It's, it's, our, our auditorium is not as cold as it was a couple we, of months we've ago. We've always said it's, so, yeah, it's we, cold. But no, it's I appreciate good. those that do come and sit with us, and you know, it, it's it's fun having people in here with us, yeah. as well as being interact with you online. Yeah, we, um, we we love interacting with people in person. We won't we won't put you on the spot. We won't ask you to come in front of the camera. Um, yeah. But you are always welcome to be here. And um, today, thanks to the wonders of Facebook, who have, they did this to us about 12 months ago. Um, not just us. There was a, a problem they had with certain accounts. Um, we're only going through YouTube today. Um, but praise God, uh, my understanding is YouTube is uh, more mm. uh, more reliable. Yeah. It's a better uh, video. You can pause. You can rewind and things like that while we're going live. Yeah. So it's a it's a great opportunity. So I'm grateful. It's um, that, you know, for YouTube, who have stepped in, so that even when Facebook have their glitches, we can still be broadcasting. And so, um, appreciate you joining us. And yeah, we've got C.K. Lewis, and that's the Kyra half of the Caleb and Kyra Good morning, duo. Kyra, not Caleb. Yeah, and um, so we, we're going to jump right in. We appreciate that this, um, this is an exciting topic, being able to look at the Word of God. And as I've got up here, um, as I shared last week, there's three things we're going to do through this topic of healing. We were studying the covenant, and then as part of studying the covenant, we were um, looking at all the, the things that came as part of what is in their covenant. Yeah. And I'm thinking of Psalm 103. In fact, um, go here. The scripture's already up here. Um, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. That's one of the great things that God shares with us, the things that are a part of what he does for us and that we sh we can um, lay hold of. In fact, it says in Hebrews 11, 6, um, everyone who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently search him out. So if we search for God, he says he wants us to know him as the one that rewards and um, responds. We don't seek him for the rewards, yeah. but we seek him understanding that he has said that he is the rewarder. And it says here, verse 3, he pardons all your iniquities, he heals all your diseases, and so we were looking at the covenant saying, what does it mean that he has redeemed our, um, a pardon us from our iniquities? And we spent time looking at the righteousness we have, our cleansed conscience. And then as the next step from that, I was going to say, well, as part of his covenant provision, he heals all our diseases. So it was just going to be a subtopic 
of covenant, but I just felt, uh, listen, rather than just you know do subtopic of subtopic, we'll make this its own subject, healing. All right, but it's integrated with the covenant because our healing comes through our covenant blessings and provisions that God has done. But we're doing this as our own topic, covenant, and as doing that, the three things we're going to look at. That number one, healing is God's will. And as we shared last week, it is vital to know the will of God when you're activating your faith. Without knowing your, what God's plan is and his desire is, what he has provided, we can't release our faith. We can just be sort of hopeful. We can be wishful. Yeah. We can be, you know, say, God, if, if he does. Um, and, you know, there's a famous prayer that many people pray. And I remember hearing this prayer over and over again when I was a teenager, a particular church I was in at the time. They would pray and, and they would feel very much that the holiest way to pray is at the end say, not my, but not my will, but your will be done. Or, or as they would say, um, this, 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 if it be thy will. Nice little covering. Yep, if it be thy will. And so we've got to say, well, hang on a sec. Is it appropriate to pray if it be thy will? Because what does that actually do to our faith? It means that we just have an uncertainty. We're saying, I think this is your will. And I understand that there, um, we will actually cover in um, one of our Bible school uh, subjects on the Breakthrough Academy um, subject subjects will look at all the kinds of prayer and there are different kinds of prayer and there is a kind of prayer where it is appropriate to not know the will of God. It's to lay yourself before God and, and to be searching and, and believing. That is an appropriate place for that and that is good. But when it comes to the prayer of faith and asking and believing, that type of prayer doesn't is no longer appropriate because it means that we um, aren't able with confidence to come to him believe what he has said and receive it because we are totally um, reliant on, well, if it happens, it must be the will of God. If it yeah. doesn't, it's not the will of God. And as we showed last week, when the disciples couldn't cast out the demon from a boy, um, that would have said that was not the will of God. Yeah. If they had taken that approach, they, if they had been praying, oh God, release this boy, if it be thy will. And it's like, well, he's not released, therefore it can't be the will of God. That, that, that's the wait and see approach. Yeah. And it's just, oh, okay, it wasn't God's will. It wasn't God's will. Um, but we know that part of faith, part of faith is being able to believe when you can't see, being able to call something into being that you can't see, like Abraham. Yeah. God says, that's call good. yourself the father of many nations before you have a child. You can't do that with the, if it be thy will, Sort of prayer. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can't. There's no confidence there. You can't. And when and when things don't change, you can't say no, no. The word of God is secure, and I know what the word, will of God is, and therefore we will push through. Mm. Um, you can't do that if that. So it's really important to know God's will in terms of this, because it's you know. And we shared this in terms of our righteousness. It's exactly the same. That we need to know what's in the storehouse of God's provision for us. That we know exactly, and that's that word. Um, Remember the word? Legizomai. To, to know. The legizomai. I need the English. Yeah, the leg yeah, to know the, the legizomai. And you can go back to our um, topics um, on on covenant to find out legizomai is to know what is in your storehouse of God's provision to the exact measurement. And that confidence then gives you the ability to face what you're doing. And when things don't turn out as you're wanting, then you know, oh, no, no, I've got to keep praying and yeah. keep believing. And, um, you know, and then... But then it's not just enough to know the will of God. We must also know how to receive out of that will. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's not enough, just enough to know what God has provided. The action of that, the, the laying hold of that, 
is important because it's not automatic. Yeah. Otherwise, everyone would be saved and yeah. everyone would be healed. I, it's something I remember um, Jerry Savelle saying, having done all to stand, like stand, yeah. yes. Jerry Savelle, you know, yeah. after doing everything, after praying and, and being in faith and believing, stand still, you know. Yeah, so there's, there's things to do Yeah. and then the, you've got to take a stand. So you've got to know how to receive. But more... But but not that's not the only you know place where we stop. I really believe the next step is how to give. It's really important that we're not just learning this so that we can enjoy the benefits. It's so that we can be a blessing to those around us. Mm. So how can you pray for people? How can you minister to people and bring healing to them? And um, you know, have you ever heard this challenge, Josh? You know, you're talking to someone and you say, "Oh, God's God, you know, God's plan is to heal people." They say, "Well, why don't you, as a Christian, go in the hospital and empty?" The hospital from all the people, yeah, that, yeah. and it's like, ah, oh. um, has anyone ever heard that watching online? Have you ever heard that challenge? If you know, if if healing's the will of God, then why don't you just go in and empty the hospitals? And uh, it, and and it's like that. If if this is this, then then it's presumed that it's just piece of cake, and you can just might as well just get everything mm, done. Yeah. And um, how to bring that healing to others? Well, there's principles and there's truths from the scriptures that we need to know how to actually activate that and so that we can and bring we can bring healing it's not a case of oh, i don't know it, it, it's a case of well what is my role how can i do this how can i build your faith yeah. you know that there's a scripture um that talks about the fact that jesus went to his hometown and he could not do many miracles mm. except he just healed a few blind people you know like nothing miracles like just a few blind people like um can, i don't know the run of the mill, <laughs> killing a few blinds. That's right, just a, just a few blind people. Um, I'm, I, I didn't plan to, to share that this morning, so that was not um, on my radar. But um, I think that's a really good concept. So if someone can find me that scripture, um, yeah, it says me sort of sitting here, scrolling through my Bible looking for it. Um, it's, but if you said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, if... if my, Mark 6. Can, can confirm. Mark 6, yes. Mark 6. Anywhere in particular in Mark 6? Um. <laughs> okay, verse 5. Okay, well, let, let, well, let's call it up on our screen. Thank you to Google for that, apparently. Yes. Uh, Mark 6. Um, well, let's just read from verse 1. Bible, we're at Bible Academy, we can take our time. And he went out from there and he came into his hometown and his disciples followed him. And he, when the Sabbath had come, he began to uh, teach in the synagogue and the many listeners were astonished and saying, where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him and such miracles are these performed by his hands? So he was doing miracles. Um, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? Um, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon are not his sisters here with us. And they took offense at him, took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his own relatives and his own household. And he could do no miracles there, um, except that he laid his hands upon a few sick people and healed them. I think there's another uh, one of the other references talking about this line. Mm. And he wondered at their unbelief. And he was going around the villages teaching. All right, so he comes to his hometown. They, they hear amazing things. They hear of the, the miracle he's doing. But they get offended 
and he he connects their offence with their unbelief. Mm, that's good. Okay, he, their, their offence caused them not to be able to believe, and because they couldn't believe, Jesus it says could do no miracle there except he could do a few things, but on the whole it says he couldn't do miracles there. Why? Because they were offended. Well, their offence had had affected their ability to believe mm. and trust him. And because of that, it limited Jesus. So you say, well, could Jesus go into a hospital and empty it? Well, he was relying on people having faith. And we'll look at that as a, as a concept, mm, as a truth, yeah. that the people um, pulling miracles out of Jesus. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have a view that Jesus went and pushed miracles onto them. Okay, if they say, "Oh, what was it like for Jesus?" He, you know, he just went about healing, healing, healing. Yeah, and it was like he had this um, stack of healing gifts, and it was up to him. And he was walking around. You can have a healing. You can have a healing, and you can have a healing. And so Jesus just went about bringing healing wherever he went. Whereas I look at it as Jesus went about releasing healing mm. as people by faith yeah. pulled it and received it. Yeah, that's good. But there was a connection there. And so how to give healing, we've got to understand some of these principles, how to receive healing ourselves, but then how do you give healing to someone else when, uh, where, where there might be at different levels of faith or different situations? Or um, Now, does that mean that you can't heal anybody who's not fully in faith? Well, sometimes I believe our faith is able to release something, but even Jesus wasn't able to release faith mm, on behalf of yeah. his own family and his, you know, his hometown. So I'm, I'm just saying we can study this in more detail, but we're going to look at God's will, how to receive and how to give. And it's really important, especially when you get to how to receive and then how to give, that you really know what God's will is. Because you're going to be challenged in that. You've got to know what the plan of God is. You've got to know what the heart of God is. And so we start, and when I, when, when I think of the healing power of God and the miracles that God wants to do in our lives, Always go back to the covenant. What has God established? Purpose of a covenant is to make give us confidence. Mm. You know, when at, um, we That's spoke good. about this right at the start of um, our pitching on covenant, when Abraham said, "How can I know that these things that you're promising me about the land and everything are going to come to pass? How can I know that what you've told me is going to be true?" And God said, "Well, go and get this animal. Go and get this animal. Go and get this animal." And then he cut the animals in half, put Abraham to sleep, walked amongst them, figure eight, the, the, the two, the smoking fire and the, and the oven. And I believe it was God the Father and Jesus yeah. working this covenant. And, um, and it says, and God cut covenant with Abraham that day. Um, Abraham said, how can I know? How can I be sure? How can I be confident? And God said, well, I'll cut a covenant with you. Mm. Covenants bring confidence. Yeah. And Understanding God's will means that we need to have confidence regarding what is God's thoughts and plan. And the way to find that confidence is to look at the covenant. Don't look at circumstances. Don't look at results of your prayer. Don't look at the results of someone else's prayer. Don't say, well, I know, you know, so-and-so, you know, um, my uncle so-and-so was a really good man and he died tragically. Yeah. So it can't be God's will because if anybody could, if anybody was going to be getting the best thing of God, it would have been him. Yeah. And so people sort of say, well, that, that is determining what God's will is. Um, I said, no, no, before we look at any circumstances, let's go back and look at what God has mm. established in the covenant. It's the covenant that gives you confidence regarding what he wants. And in the covenant, we're not sort of saying, oh, let's go and 
let's go and take all the nice things we want and all the good things we want and let's go and try and you know sort of read them into yeah these covenants. no we, we are just going back to say what has been provided what is in this covenant and then out of that we mm. minister and um i think it was that you know a while back that um like back in the day like at the very start we said we don't really talk about covenants that much now but back then like that's what they did and so when abraham asked that question and god said all right i'll cut covenant with you that was like like a light bulb moment for abraham it's like ah god means business yeah he's he, he's going to do it so it's like and yeah. that, that brought the confidence exactly they understood Abraham understood, oh, a covenant, oh, this is this is bringing it to the highest level of mm. certainty that you could. And m from men's point of view, it was, you know, obviously there was an oath, there was an appeal to a higher authority, there was an exchange of, of gifts and, and things which would intertwine the two people together. Um, but when God cut covenant, it goes to even a higher level because mm. God appealed to himself as the highest yeah. authority. And then when it comes to the new covenant, it became the most, the highest covenant ever because god made it with himself jesus became the assurance the surety of our of our covenant he became the mediator and then the assurance of it um you can't get anything stronger than the covenant that jesus has put mm. in his blood yeah so good. those things give us confidence so we got to let's let's go back and just take some time to say well how do we know that healing is god's will because we need to lock this into our storehouse so we can legizomai and lean on it even when circumstances say um, otherwise. Um, I've discovered that knowing the will of God, if you get your prayers answered instantly, it, it's good to know the will of God. Mm. But it becomes an essential part for breaking through when we face resistance and things don't give up immediately. And there is a need to push through. And like you said, having, having done all to stand, to stand. Now, if there's everything just came without resistance, we wouldn't need to have that mm, need to stand. Yeah. But it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But there's a there's forces that are wickedness that are working against us, and we've got to take a stand against that. We've got to take a. There's times when the enemy will hold, and we've got to be we have to work through how to make through. I praise God that when Jesus was on the earth, He showed us what it's like to minister under a fullness of freedom and yeah, that's, you know, that's good and ministering. And we say, well, that was Jesus. But then he said, when I go, the Holy Spirit's going to come to you. Mm. And then you're going to do greater works than these. So Jesus wasn't saying, hey, look and, look and, look and admire, boys. But when I've gone, you're nothing. You're not, no one's going to be able to do what I did because I'm the son of God. You know, I, I remember um, hearing um, a, a Christian musician. And um, he was talking about when Jesus walked on water. And he said, how could Jesus walk on water? You know, when you know, the, the gravity... You know, gravity should pull you down, and suddenly there's no gravity. And he said, well, Jesus said, well, hey, I created gravity. I can tell it when to stop and when to go. And so he said, you know, Jesus was able to say, gravity, you ain't working here, and he just walked on. But that actually misunderstood what happened when Jesus came to earth, because it says Jesus took all his majesty and his power as the creator mm. and laid it aside. Yeah. All right, well, actually, let's, um, I don't want to just presume that people are... are um, aware of these scriptures um, so uh, let's go to Philippians um, chapter 2 
um, verse 5, having this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who though, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with a God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. And so it says uh, he was the creator, but he didn't come to earth as the creator. He became a man. Mm. So every miracle Jesus did on the earth was not as a result of his own creative power or his own ability as God. He was totally reliant, like we would be, on the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he lent in, he became a perfect vehicle for the Holy Spirit to use, but he was relying on the that's Holy good. Spirit. And that's why he said at the end, um, John 14, we'll go there as well. Um, okay, truly, truly, I say to you, um, he who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. And why was that? Because he said, in verse um, 15 on, the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's all connected to the fact mm. that I'm going to so the Holy Spirit yeah. to come. And he said, that's why you will be able to do greater works because you will be able to also now minister in the Holy Spirit. Not just me, not just me. The Holy Spirit came upon me. Holy Spirit's empowered me, and I'm doing all these things. Um, you know, think of Acts chapter um, ten. Thirty-eight. Okay. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Mm. Because of the power of God working yeah. in him, Jesus was able to do these things. Mm. So Jesus did not walk on water because he was the creator and he just suspended um, gravity. He, that's not how he operated. He needed the Holy Spirit to work that. Mm. He was not operating under his own power and his own creative abilities and his own um, majesty and glory as God. He had laid that aside and he was totally reliant on the Holy Spirit. And it was the Holy Spirit that came in and anointed him. And it says, with power, with an ability. And then he ministered out of that ability. And that's why he was so excited. He said, when I go, you need to take hold of this Holy Spirit. He, he said, it, it is good that I go yeah. so that this Holy Spirit can come and for everyone. So yeah, yeah. So don't ever sit there and say, "Oh, I wish I," you know. It would have been good if Jesus, if Jesus, yeah. if Jesus, if Jesus. You know what? Jesus is sitting in heaven, going, "I wish you'd just grab hold of that which I've given you, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit." Jesus is not sitting there going, "Ah, oh, greater things, greater things." Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and even when he was on Earth, um, and he administered authority to his disciples to go out and minister. So that they they were doing miracles and they were doing mm, great yeah. things. And um, you know, remember the story where, where Jesus was um, in the boat and the storm was happening, and everybody's you know, and they he's having a sleep. And they're they're, they're experienced fishermen, so they, they they knew that there was real problems here. Where you know, experienced fishermen are, are, are in in distress. No, you're in trouble when they're yeah, you know, getting worried. You know, if you're going in the plane and, and you know and the pilot's really upset, then you know you're in trouble. But if the, you know if the person in aisle three sees you know, oh, 
know, I feel some rocking in it. And you just look, just look at the staff. Just look, everybody, everybody's fine. Okay, you, you don't know. But if, you know, the staff are running up and down and getting life jackets out. It, it got yeah. bad enough that they weren't trying to be professional about it. Yeah, they, 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 they were. They were just like, this is bad. And then we can't, and so they woke Jesus up. Woke him, get up. And so Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves and it became calm. And Jesus turned around and rebuked them. All right, now, this is how I would have imagined and many people would sort of see it. Jesus said, you, you idiots, why didn't you get me earlier? Why, why run around like headless chooks and get all fearful? You know, you waited till it was really, really bad. Why didn't you just get me earlier? That, that's how I, that's, well. I put yeah, let, to sleep. Let, yeah, let's, let's. This, this is just an ad. <laughs> this is oh. not, this is not viewing history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, um. It's happened before, I think, even at church on occasion. Yeah, if I forget to turn my um, um, settings off, so, and I'm going to do that now, so that yeah, I think when it when it happened in church, um, I, I won't say what it was, but maybe a lot of, a lot of people listening would um, or watching um, uh, would have seen that, and it was like he had to say after no. Do not endorse this. I have not been watching this. This is yeah. just an Apple TV. Uh, explain. Apple TV puts its own ads on. I tried to turn it off. It just refuses to um, play the game. Um, if it happens again, I'm just going to say, oh, your viewing history's up. That'll... So while I'm teaching and preaching, sometimes if I haven't told it not to turn off, um, you get the... Um, it switches to Apple's to ads, and I've got no control over that. So, it's not the movies I have on my iPad. It's nothing to do with me. And so it can be a bit embarrassing when I, that happens. Anyway, um, so, so the, the disciples, you know, it's like, oh, Jesus, you know. Um, Jesus did not say, you idiots, why didn't you get me sooner? You know what he said to them? You cowards. Mm. Um, you know, it, um, because he's, you know, why, why, why are you so fearful? And, and literally the word was, why are you, yeah. why are you so cowardly? That would be more unsettling than the storm. Yeah, it's Jesus, like, why, 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 why do you, Jesus wasn't involved with just trying to do the best? And he said, and, and, um, but he said, you know, you cowards. Um, 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 well, it's Matthew 8, 26. Rather than me just sort of, people were like, what, did Jesus really do that? Well, you know, you put it in King James language, and it sounds nicer. And it says, why are you timid? Why are you timid? Okay, that's a, oh, a it's a bit nicer. Um, well, let's see what the, the other translations do there. Um, oh, yeah, New English translation. Why are you cowardly? Mm. That's literally, and timid, timid is the nice way of saying it. But it actually literally means, why are you, you know, why are you, um, you cowards? Um, the little, where's your faith? You, you people, little faith, and then he gets up and he rebukes the wind and the waves, and there's dead calm. And um, he's like, "You cowards! Why did you get me?" He fully expected yeah. them to do something about it. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people would have said, "Ah, oh, Jesus just says, get me, get me, get me, get me.'" Jesus is like, "Let me sleep." Um, and if you know, I've trained you for this. Yeah, and um, if you need any proof that Jesus doesn't want to be woke. It's here. You, like can, that. you, you can take that and extend Jesus that. Jesus does in, not want to be woke. Yeah, Jesus does not want to be woke. He wants to sleep, if you didn't understand that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
I, I purposely put that double meaning, woke in our, in our community and, and culture, understand something else. Um, so the, um, the, the point being, whilst we're looking to Jesus, Jesus is looking for us yeah. to step in and yeah. do something. He expects us, he expects you to be able to minister this. So the first step, what has God provided in um, his healing? Mm. So and whilst we're in um, Matthew chapter 8, that's probably a good place to start. Um, Good morning to Caleb. This this one is Caleb's. Ah, oh, so we got the other. We got the other. We got the other. CK, welcome. So yeah, so Matthew eight verse fourteen. That's good. That we're in the same chapter. And when Jesus had come to Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law, um, yeah, or Peter's mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and waited on him. And when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. And he cast out all out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were ill. So here's a case, you know, this people are coming, healing's happening to everybody who mm. needs it. There's demonic powers being cast out of people, and people getting freedom. And but then it says in verse 17, in order that what was spoken through the Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. In other words, this is what Isaiah saw, this is what Isaiah spoke, this is what Isaiah said. He saw the time when Jesus would be freeing people from physical sickness and illness. Mm. He said, I he said, I saw it, I saw it, and I prophesied it. And so this is actually a quotation from Isaiah 53. So Isaiah 53 was according to Matthew, the Isaiah the prophet seeing what Jesus was going to do. And so let's go back to Isaiah 53. It's a really important in fact I would say um, it's foundational in that understanding, when we say, um, I want to know God's will, well, I would go back to Isaiah 53 as a foundation mm, that's for good. that. You need to be really, um, you need to put Isaiah 53 in your storehouse. Mm. It's what you can lean on. And it's because Matthew even said, yeah, that's, those words were being spoken of Jesus. When you saw physical healing and things happening, it was because of what Jesus yeah. had, um, was going good. to do and what was prophesied over him. Um, so let's go to um, Isaiah 53. And this is a... Um, I, I'm going to take time because personally in my life um, was a sermon I heard on Isaiah 53 that changed my whole understanding and ability to receive and, and lay hold of healing. Mm. It was um, done by... Um, my father-in-law, Christine's dad, Pastor David Riki, and it was done at an Easter service once, you know, many, many moons ago. And he preached from Isaiah 53, and that was when the pieces fell together, like, ah! Because he's always wondering about the will of God. Is it the will of God? Is it the will of God to mm, heal? How yeah. far can you press? How far? And so I was living in the world where um, sometimes it was and sometimes it wasn't, and you just got to try and work out which one's which, and it becomes a pretty hard sort of process. And I would look at situations in the Bible where people were not always healed, um, and then and so it was like, oh, it can't be always God's will to heal because there was people that were sick. 
Um, and I was thinking of situations like, um, yeah, you can maybe do it, the search for us on the Google, and use the Google. Um, I think it's Trophimus. Um, I left in my lead, it's thick. If, if, um, if there's a scripture that comes up for Trophimus. I'm just hoping my, I've got the names right. Okay, so let's go to 2 Timothy 4.20. So I'm just taking a part of, a little bit on my journey. Um, so verse 419, Paul's doing his greetings, greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Anisiphorus. Erastus remained at, Corinth, remained at Corinth, but Trophimus I left sick at Miletus. Paul left someone behind because he wasn't well, and they had to keep moving. So I'm like, oh, Trophimus didn't get healed, and he was with the Apostle Paul. Mm. So does that mean that even Paul couldn't get everyone healed? So will I be able to get everyone healed? What's what's you know? Will I have to leave people sick? Yeah. Well, you know, and so I'm like, so this is New Testament. This is Paul, and Paul doesn't leave an explanation. He doesn't sort of say, oh, this for this reason or whatever. He just says. Trophimus, I left sick at Miletus. Um, we don't know where the Trophimus. Um, so, um, let's have a look to see where the Trophimus. Do we have any other references to Trophimus? No, just in the book of Acts. I'm just making sure they didn't say what happened to Trophimus later on. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know of any other reference. Another name that you just recall. <laughs> um, but okay, but my journey was ah, oh, even Paul couldn't get anyone. So, do you see how when you are framing your theology and understanding of God through the results, it can be skewed? Yeah, okay, this yeah. is what I'm saying. When you when you when you're just looking at the results that you either you're getting or others are getting, or even you know, you look at great healing evangelists, you try and think of the, the person that um, you respect most in the earth today that say, well, that person just had so much amazing miracles, they had healings, and yet, look, their close family member died of sickness, and then it's like, ah, oh, so it can't be God's will because if, if God was going to work, that person has faith, that person's holy, that person's good, that person's lived a life of sacrifice, surely that person would get that. So it's almost like it's, or it seems like it's just picking and choosing yeah. who gets healed. Yeah, it's like, well, how, how, you know, and then you have, and then it gets a little bit more confusing because you get the local drunk who's, you know, beats his wife and he wanders into a meeting and he gets healed from four different sicknesses. And it's like, well, you know, if God's going to heal him, why didn't he heal the holy person who's been a faithful member of our church for 30 years? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So working from the back end and looking at the results is very confusing and it doesn't give a, a clear picture. I know God wants to heal. Sorry, I know God. I know God can heal. I know God can heal. I didn't have any doubts about it. I experienced enough miracles in my own life and those around me, plus seen plenty in the Bible, plus read plenty of testimonies, and heard other people's stories. No, God can heal. Yeah. And to know that God does heal, and God heals today, it wasn't even a case of well, He did that in the Bible times, but that you know we're in a different you know we're a different era now. And no, that's a part we we you know we've got the Bible now. We don't need to have miracles. That used to be a teaching for a while. I reckon that teaching, especially in the broader churches, is dropped out a, um, a bit. Maybe there's probably still churches that believe that. But they believe that when the perfect comes, 
um, in, spoken in the book of um, First Corinthians when it says the perfect comes, God's going to do away with the, the gifts. Mm. All right, And they said, well, the perfect thing is the word of God. When the word of God came, we don't need the gifts of the Spirit anymore. We don't need healings and things like that. The word of God speaks um, about the gifts. Well, I, I just don't think that teaching has um, near as much traction today because there's so many miracles happening everywhere, so many gifts of the Spirit yeah. flowing in all sorts of churches. People are like, I don't think that sort of works. And it never worked ever, really. It, it was terrible, um, terrible understanding of what those scriptures actually meant. But um, I, so it was not as if I'm like, oh, does God still heal today? I know he heals today. I believe that. I, I see Acts 28 was not the full stop. I think Acts 28 was meant to be Acts 29, mm. and, and we're living in Acts 29. We're meant to be living in the overflow and the fulfillment of what God was doing there. I believe that God empowered us. And when Jesus said, greater things will you do, he was talking to us. I believed in miracles. But what I didn't know is, should, you know, what was God's will for every situation? And that undermined my ability to believe for God for any situation. If I didn't know what it was for every situation, it meant that I wasn't confident in mm, any situation. Yeah. And then anything I was facing, maybe, maybe not. And I had that sort of wavering. So thank God, one Easter, Pastor Riki spoke from Isaiah 53. I think he did. we did a Good Friday service and an Easter Sunday service. He, he took two halves. I can't remember if it was the first or the second message, but I do know that it you know, pushed me back in the chair and I'm like, ah, this, this, this is really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> this is helpful. So that's why I'm going to have Isaiah 53 because personally it became foundational. But secondly, because it's not just my experience, Matthew said, if you want to understand what the healing was happening, go back to Isaiah 53. It's foundation according to the word itself, and um, it, it's been in my experience. I want it to be your experience. So I want you to take time to read Isaiah 53 and understand we're looking now for the lens of not just um, uh, forgiveness, which Isaiah 53 talks about, but also healing. Now, some people say when it talks about healing in Isaiah 53 or other places, places when God says he heals you, make you whole, mm. he's talking about spiritual wholeness, yeah. soul wholeness even maybe, you know, internal wholeness. He makes you well. Um, so you know, you, you've got to be careful every time you, know, you hear the word healing. You don't just think physical healing because it's wholeness internally, and that's what God was doing. It's well, holistic. Yeah, I, I get that, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not limiting it to physical healing, but... Um, if we go back to what the scripture we looked at in Matthew 18, 8, 17, um, you cannot look at this and think that we are talking about internal spiritual wholeness, like healing from our sins, healing from our, our shame. It says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were ill. It doesn't give me the impression it's talking about he made them feel right on the inside. Yeah. And in order that what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, so it says these, these words um, in Isaiah 53 were speaking about physical manifestations of healing. I am not against being healed inside and out. In fact, I believe um, if we go to uh, 3 John 1, um, it says, um, Beloved, I, I, I get in full agreement with this. Beloved, I, believe, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and... Be in good health. So prosperity, enlargement, blessings, and be in good health just as your soul mm, that's good. prospers. Okay? It, it, I, I'm believing. 
I'm not just talking about, oh, as long as you get physically healed, that's good. In fact, what it's saying is that the prosperity and outward manifestation, healing and God's blessings and provisions and goodness, is a manifestation and an outworking of what God has done on the inside. And on the inside. Yeah. All right? So God wants to heal you on the inside. So when I gave the example of, you know, some guy comes in and he's you know, a local drunk and he's beating up his wife and he's, you know, he's violent and he's all the rest and God heals him. Yes, God heals him physically. Um, of course, God wants to heal him internally. And people say, well, you know, um, which one's more important? Well, I think when you look at Isaiah 53, God sort of said, I, I did it as a, a, as a package. But if you had to choose, of course you choose internal healing. You know, one is giving you eternal life. One's extending your life yeah. here on this earth. I'm not saying that um, physical healing is better than spiritual healing. I'm just saying you don't have to choose. Isaiah 53 said that both of them had that worked in. And it says, so, beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So let's go back to Isaiah um, 53. Okay. Um, funnily enough, Isaiah 53 starts in, in chapter 42, in chapter 52. Um, yeah, we, we, we've put chapters and markers and things like that. Um, if you look at it, um, Isaiah 53 is um, three sort of, I'm oh, sorry, five. One, two, three, four, five, five little teaching blocks or mm, you know, parts, yeah. of, parts of a, a larger portion. The first one is actually starting in Isaiah 52, um, verse 13. So, um, so when, you know, here's the topic. He was pierced for our transgressions. Now it's talking about the Messiah, the Son of Man, the, the, the Son of God, uh, the, or um, as Isaiah refers to him, my servant, all right, which, which was that prophecy. That's why when... Matthew says, when it was Isaiah spoke about him, it's here, behold my servant. Mm. And um, so it starts here in verse 13, is a prophecy regarding the servant of God. And um, so I'm not going to go through everything here because we really will slow down and bog down. Um, so talking about Jesus, he grew up like a tender shoot, that we should that we look upon him. Um, and then verse 3 starts the understanding that we have of what happened on the cross. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And like one whom men hide their face, he was despised. We did not esteem him. They didn't recognize you know, him for who he was. That's mm. why they crucified him. They, didn't, they did not understand him. Um, and he was acquainted with grief. Um, can I just let's, let's stop with that for a second? One of the things that Jesus is going to be, the description is acquainted with grief. Um, um, how, how can I describe this? Let, let's say um, you had a, a visiting preacher come to your church. Really, well, we had Jerry Seville. Let's say we've got Jerry Seville coming to our church. And... Um, and then at the same time, we have someone who's visiting the church for the first time, who we don't know very well, but they're a really rough character, and they're a member of a bikey gang involved in all sorts of organized crime and drugs and all sorts of bad things. 
and they come in and they're standing next to me. And Jerry, Brother Jerry Seville comes in and I'm like, oh, him? Um, <laughs> I'm not acquainted with him. Well, it's like, um, you wouldn't know this person. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, he's not from church circles. And Brother Jerry looks at him and goes, oh, Frank, how you doing? <laughs> Long time no see. Gives him a high five and, and you're like, well, Frank must not be so bad then. Well, it's like, how do you know Frank? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, I did not expect, I did not expect you to, to have anything to do with this person. I expected you to, like, oh, you'd be the opposite. Like, oh, keep me away from this person. Um, when Jesus came to earth, now that, that's a friendly sort of thing, you know, but when Jesus came to earth, went on the cross, he took our pains and our sicknesses and our griefs, the things that were real, that really caused us a lot of pain and angst, and he met them and he dealt with them. He, he actually yeah. got dirty and dealt with them. Yeah, that's good. All right? So when we are dealing with our pains and our sorrows and we're going through such a hard time, Jesus, you wouldn't understand because you never had anything. You, you, never, <laughs> you never had to deal with anything like this. You know, the grief I'm going through, Jesus, you wouldn't understand. Because you know you never you you never hung around with grief, you never you never had troubles, mm. you never had sickness. You know, I've got sickness. You wouldn't understand. You never had sickness. And Jesus says, "Oh, hi, sickness." I said, "How do you know my sickness?" Yeah, we met. We're well, 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 well acquainted. We've had dealings. How do you know my sickness? Yeah, we met on the cross. Mm, that's good. We're, we we I, I, <laughs> you don't have to. The thing is, you don't have to carry the things that you're struggling with as if he won't understand and he doesn't have any, he doesn't know. This is like, he just sort of deals with nice Christian stuff. He doesn't understand what it's like to have pain and sickness. He said, well, I know he went on the cross, but he was actually not just experiencing pain. He was acquainted with your grief. All right? He was acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Now, Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him and by his scourging we are healed. Um, so this is where I... I would read this passage and I didn't fully get it because they, I'm, I'm in the New American. That was the same Bible I was using back then. So mm. that's one of the reasons I'm using that translation now. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. And um, because it talks about the, the, the sad things, the problem things, you know, he carried those. And yet there's a sense, okay, this is what he was talking about um, in terms of he was healing our sins, carrying our shame. But what did Matthew say? What did Matthew say? We can, go, we can go back to Matthew. It says, In order that what was spoken, that he himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases, that this was speaking about physical issues. Mm -hmm. Physical issues. So um, what, how does this get seen? And this is what Pastor Rigi unpacked, and he just simply said, these words that are, that are translated griefs 
if you look at them, and so we're going to go in. Um, now, this was the King James Bible, which was back then, a lot, most very many people were familiar with. Still, he bore our griefs, and the New American Bible, which was the one that I was using, which was a translation 1977. Surely our griefs carried that same sense. Yeah, um, you're going to get a bit of a sense for how they might that might not have been the best translation, just by looking at some of the more modern translations that have come out. And if you look at the New English translation, which I've got a lot of time for, he lifted up our illnesses and he carried our pain. That's not griefs and sorrows. Yeah. That's that's more physical. That's physical, yeah. Um, Holman Bible, he bore our sicknesses, he carried our pain. Um, the, Jewish, um, the Jewish Bible, our diseases he bore, our pains. Um, so... So let's just have a look at what the actual Greek, the, the word there is. It's, the, um, it's obviously a Hebrew word. Um, so when it says griefs, a noun indicating disease, sickness. It denotes some kind of illness, a serious illness. Um, it, it, it is modified to indicate an illness that is strong or hangs on. It's used of suffering, brought on by loss of one's wealth. So yes, it can refer to sort of emotional sickness or things that you're going through, but its plain meaning is sickness. Mm. Um, so the word griefs is not really a good reflection of what yeah. was being spoken there. Um, so, so that was griefs and our sorrows. Let's have a look at sorrows. Okay, a noun referring to pain, suffering, sorrow. So yes, it does mean sorrow, but it's, it depicts pain and suffering um, borne by the servant of the Lord. So it particularly says in Isaiah 53, 4, and it says he was literally a man of pain. And now we've often referred to Jesus as a man of sorrows, mm. because, but it says it's more literally a man of pain. Um, and so... These translations, and the, the, so instead of when I look at New American, and I'm saying, surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried, um, I switch over to what is actually said and says, he was lifted up our illnesses. He carried our pain. And Pastor Ricky just sent me, point, pointed out, and then it's, it matched by Matthew, who said these references talk mm. about physical yeah. things. So it can't be like we're just taking it in our own way. It's, yeah. That's what, how Matthew saw it, and yeah. that's how Matthew understood. That's good. That's feel, and he said, um, it, we understand this is to do with our sicknesses in the soul, but it's also to do with our sicknesses and our illnesses in our body. He was pierced through for our transgressions, um, our illnesses, he carried our pains, even though we thought he was being punished, attacked by God, and inflicted for something he had done. He was actually wounded because of our rebellious deeds, crushed because of our sins. He endured punishment that made us well. Because of his wounds, we have been healed. Now, healed in what way? From sickness or from sin? From both. We have been healed through his work on the cross, through our both, uh, through both. Uh, our physical sicknesses and our sin. 
just in the same way that I need to know very clearly so I can live my, my righteousness and my forgiveness, I need to have some anchor point. Well, that's because Jesus took mm. it on the cross. Yeah, that's right. I know also that my physical healing has been paid for. And I've heard it said that, um, um, okay, let, let's, let's use an example from um, school. Uh, Josh, you went to a um, private Christian school, yep. and there would be times when they would be doing a special excursion. Mm -hmm. And so they would say, today we're going, what would be amazing, you know, we're going to a theme park, we're going to do something. Oh, a water park. A water park. Okay, yeah. so we're going to go to a water park today as part of our educational um, experience. Yeah, a bit of a reward. Learn to swim. You know, a bit of wonder sort of thing. And um, so, and they say, we're leaving at 12 o'clock. So everyone, you've got to come in, get, get in your bathers and everything ready, and you're leaving at 12 o'clock. And, um, and you are distraught. You spend all morning, you're there, and your friends are all getting their bathers on and, and getting ready, getting their towels on screen. And they say, Josh, what are you doing? You say, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know whether mum's remembered to pay for the um, excursion. I don't, know whether, I don't know whether I'm meant to, I don't think I'll, I don't know whether I'm, I'm actually allowed to go on this excursion or not. And you're all up and down. Should I go? I don't know whether I'm going to go. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't got um, a receipt that says that you know, mum's paid. I, I don't remember doing any payment. I don't. Um, oh, she never sent any cash. Maybe, maybe, maybe she um, came in during the day, um, you know, one day and I wasn't aware and paid for it, but I'm not sure. I don't know whether. So in the end, you're like, oh, should I, shouldn't I, will I, won't I? Is, I don't know whether, I don't know whether I should be going. Maybe mum didn't want me to go to the theme water park. Maybe, you know, she's concerned, you know, I'll get, you know, water in my ears and she's a bit of a helicopter mum and, you know, just got to protect little Josh. No, Josh is, and maybe she's already told the school, no, I don't want Josh at this water park, you know, just keep him at home, let him do some homework and some reading in, in the library. Um, I don't, oh, maybe she doesn't want me at the water park. That's why she didn't pay for me, you know, that's why I haven't, you know. And um, and so it's all, and then, so in the end, Josh, just go, you go to the, the library because you're so destroyed, you say, well, and, and you, you sit there and read all day, and when your friends come back, your teacher says, Josh, where were you looking for? He says, oh, I didn't know where the mum and paid me. He said, Josh, Josh. This excursion was covered by the fees at the start of the year. School fees. This is not, this excursion was not, yeah. that's why your mum didn't pay, come and pay for it yeah. at this time. No one paid for it this time because everybody paid at the start. If you're at school, this was included. So you're trying to work out whether it was or wasn't the will for my mum to go mm, this time yeah. was really irrelevant. It was paid for, yeah. Because it was not a decision that's being made now. It's a decision that was made earlier. <laughs> it's, and so when people say, is healing the will of God? Well, what happens if we discover that he's paid for it earlier? <laughs> there is no decision, is there? Yeah. It's like, well, it's done. It's God said, well, I, I paid for it. You know, I, I, just, I just paid for it all. Yeah. Um, I don't ever counsel someone and say, um, if you want to get saved, now let's all stop and we, the thing we've got to pray for and, and um, we've got to um, come to understand, did Jesus take your sins on the cross as well as, you know, I know he took my sins, but did he take your sins? Let's pray. Let's ask God, did he take your sins on? We never pray like that because we don't think he took individual sins. No. We, we know he took 
the sins of man's yeah. body. Yeah. Um, in fact, oh, let me see if I can just confirm that. Jesus just picking and choosing on the cross. Yeah. You, 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 no, not you. Um, well, some people, can I be honest, some people think that's how salvation works as well. They think you're, you're out and you're in, and he, know, he knows ahead of time, so he need to pick you. Um, so I, I just want to, I just want to correct that in case some people say, "Oh, yeah, that is how it works." My yes. little children, I am writing these things to you so you may know, may not sin. But if anyone does sin, if anyone, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, and He Himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for our sins, not only for our sins. Okay, not just the ones that have received it, not just those that have received it, but for the whole world. Okay? That's good. All right? Not just for my sins, but for the whole world. He just didn't atone me. He actually atoned those, and not everybody will lay hold of the provision. Yeah. Okay? He did it so everyone everyone, yeah. would have the chance, the opportunity. Yes. To All right? Let's look at another scripture here. Um, because... If we, if we don't, if we sort of think, well, that's how he did salvation, then it's going to flow into that's how he's done healing too. So, um, so Second Corinthians, um, chapter five, twenty. Um, all right. All right. Well, let's just go back to verse seventeen because I like it. Um. I'm not sure I need to read it, but I like it. So then, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. What is old has passed away. Look what is new has come. That's just worth reading no matter what we're doing. Yeah. And um, and he says, and all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Okay, he has reconciled you to God through Jesus. I've been reconciled to God through Jesus. But then it says, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm. So am I to reconcile you to God? No, no. I, I, that's been done through Jesus. You know, Jesus is reconciled. What, so what's the ministry of reconciliation? Well, my, my ministry is for you to believe and receive what has been what reconciled. Been, what has been done for you. Yeah. So in other words, in Christ, God was reconciled the world to himself, not counting people's trespasses against them, and he has given us the message of reconciliation. So in other words... He has reconciled the world to himself. No longer does he count their sins against them. The, the, people's sins will not take them to hell. People's unbelief yeah. and lack of trusting in Jesus' work of reconciliation yeah. will take them to hell. Because the sins have been dealt with, That's, that's so but true. if they don't, by faith, enter into it, God can't give them the benefits of that reconciliation. So we have the message of reconciliation. We're to go out and tell people God has already paid for your sins so you can now receive forgiveness. I don't have to sit here and say, I don't know whether, in or out, well, there's this, this hope that, you know, I don't know, but why don't you go and stand in line at the bus and see if they let you on? Do you know what I mean? We just don't know what these... No, 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 no. Well, I tell you, I, hey, I tell everyone in my grade, I, I, I run around at 11.30 and I tell everybody who's in the library, go get your bathers on, go get a towel. Why? <laughs> Everyone, you know, we had a group of us, the eight of us who were sitting here saying, I don't remember my mum paying for us. We're all sitting there having a little library session. I'm running around saying, no, 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 guys, it's been paid for. Get over to the bus. Well, I don't think my mum paid. You don't. 
if it's being paid for. If you're in the school. Yeah, if you're here, if you're a student, if you've got this uniform, if you belong here, then you have had this paid for. It's part of the package. So get over there and you're running around. You're not trying to reconcile and pay. Your ministry is to get them to embrace what yeah. has been done. Yeah, that's right. All right, so we're just running around and say, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, you can get it. Get on that bus, yay! You can go because it's already been paid for with the fees. So you can rightly and freely get on that bus and go go to the, the uh, and swim. Exactly. Go, 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 go. And therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Um, so that's powerful. Where is, where is representatives trying to get people this? Now, so my understanding of salvation is working on the fact that God has paid the price in Jesus. Yeah. Isaiah 53, he has taken our sins upon himself. By his stripes, we are healed. I can have confidence to go to anybody and say, now you just need to embrace that. Now, people have struggles. They, they, they oh, I'm not sure I'm saved. I don't know how I'm saved. You know, I, I still do some dumb things. I still do some sinful things. How do I get that? Well, we help them through legizomai to understand their righteousness and break free from that and from the inside out, live it out. All right? Um, healing, just, you just apply, this, apply the same filter. You say, okay, Isaiah 53 says that not only did he take our spiritual illnesses and our spiritual sickness mm, yeah. on him, he took our physical illness and our spiritual sickness. He paid for it. So there is really no question of what is God's will. Because we can argue all we like at the bus stop, but it's, it's the, the decision actually was, the decision needed to be made at the start of the school term when yeah. the fees were being paid. <laughs> that's when the, and that's, that happened 2,000 years ago. And Isaiah saw it, and Isaiah prophesied it, and Isaiah said that's when it's going to happen. So we have to um, just sit there and say, okay, so that's what it is. So let's go back to Isaiah 53. Um, I, I just want you to um, just take a moment. Um, I've sort of been bouncing from scripture to scripture to scripture to scripture. Everyone take a breath. Like the George of the Jungle movie where the narrator said, everyone just calm down, let's take a breath. You haven't seen that movie? Oh, it's a good movie. Um, let's take a breath, Josh. I'm just going to take the next breath. We're going to stop, and we're not going to go any further. We're just going to stop in Isaiah 53, verse 4. And, um, and just take a breath. Just look at this and take time to pull it apart. From mm -hmm. this, okay? Yeah. Um, there's some really nice, powerful revelations. As you get that, the reason for this, I want you just to, to be able to soak in this, understand it, let it become a revelation. And then that gives you the um, the gizmai strength to then apply it, right? We're, we're, we're marinating now. Yeah, we're marinating in this. Um, sizzling away. All right, now, um, this is, um, in, in, you know, if I go back to oops, uh, the new, my new American Bible, it says, surely our griefs he himself bore. Um, and, you know, New England translated, but Holman, yet, <laughs> Jewish, but in fact, you know, like, okay, like, um, 
surely this guy i didn't um funny story we, we used to um have a, a lady in our congregation who was her name was shirley shirley easton and um we went up onto to a worship conference had a lot, a lot of great ministers there and one of them was chuck gerard who did a nighttime concert of leading a thousand of these worship leaders and worship team people in just a time of worship so you can imagine it was pretty good you know? yeah. and he's just no band just a grand piano and he's just leading in worship and he'd just go into this time and people on their hands and knees and worshiping this is the great presence of god and he's got a nice strong american accent and so he's playing he goes surely and surely's eyes like popped up he's like he's got a word for me he's like and we all looked at shirley Shirley's looking at him. He goes, the presence of the Lord is in this place. So it's not Shirley. It was Shirley. Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> but he left a nice big long gap. And it was, Shirley, the presence of the Lord is in this place. And, oh, like, the and we're like, we're looking at Shirley and go, I'm oh, not you. <laughs> she goes, I'm oh, not me. False alarm. <laughs> yeah, false alarm. <laughs> Good thing she didn't, uh, she didn't act on anything. Or... Yeah, she didn't stand up. Here I am. Here I am. Um, but verse 4 starts with, in the New American as, Surely our griefs. I have always just been like, whatever. I just read past that word. <laughs> I didn't really know why it was there. Surely our griefs. Um, and um, one time I was doing a study and I thought, oh, I'll just... Do due diligence and just look at every word. Yeah. But, you know, who needs to look at surely? Surely, surely not. Surely not. Oh, good one, Josh. Surely, surely not. So um, I just said, well, let's have a look at the word surely. And um, I was surprised. That's why we're taking time to do it. Um, okay. An adverb meaning surely, truly, or yet. You know, that's hence why they those together. But listen to this. It basically gives an expression to something or some situation that was unexpected. Yeah, that's good. It was unexpected. So this word is like, what? Okay, so you've got to think of what? Not surely. <laughs> you got to think, what? Or, and even the word but and yet, they don't quite catch up. What? So you imagine you're going down the line, da, da, da. what? Our griefs he bore. Very good. Okay, so what it is is the prophet seeing the the, um, the servant, the son of man, that the the, the Messiah, mm. he's coming, he's going to deliver us. But hang on a sec, he's all good. What? He's bearing our sins. <laughs> what is happening here? It was like, what's going on? What's going on? What? What? Ex expression of what? He? What? What? He lifted up our illnesses. What is going on here? The Son of God, the Messiah, is taking our illnesses? What? That's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. What is happening? And um, so that word surely, it, it's it's a it's a hang on a second. What? Look at what's happened. Yeah. He's taking our sins. 
And um, every now and again, it's really good to be like, what? He left heaven. Like, for real? <laughs> for real? For real? For real? Yeah, that's probably, he, even a, that's he, probably a good translator. For real? Like, he actually did that? <laughs> he actually did that? For real? And I, and I like that, because surely it has that assurance. Yeah. Truly? For real? Yeah, for real? What is he doing? You know? Yeah. He, for real? <laughs> for, whoa, so, what is it that, that got them so, what? What has he done? Well, um, let's take the next part. Um, well, sorry, I just got to skip down to where I can get the, um, well, and yeah, good old King James, surely he hath borne our griefs. So let's look at born. Shout out to Graham and Judith Bourne. A verb meaning to lift, to carry, to take away. This verb is used almost six times in the Hebrew Bible. Okay. And covers three distinct semantic ranges. The first range is the lift, which occurs in both literal and figurative statements. To lift the hand and taking an oath. To lift the hand in comment. So it's, it's talking about just physically lifting. The lifting of the head, the face, the eyes, the voice. Um, oh, that was on back. Sorry. I don't know what happened there, but we helped. Um, the second semantic category, so do we hear? Second semantic category is to bear, to carry, and use especially in reference to the bearing of guilt or punishment of sin. Okay? And um, this flows easily then into the concept of the representative or substitutionary bearing of one's person's guilt by another. All right, now. But the final category is to take away. It can be used in the simple sense of taking something, to take life or to get married, to take away guilt or to forgive, to take away or to destroy. And I'm like, okay, so he took it, but he takes it all oh, away. Josh, I've got... Don't, don't hold on to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't take it. I'm taking it. And I'm going to deal with it. Yeah. I'm going to incinerate that this baby. This is this thing is being dealt. So he's bearing it, but it's sort of it's a bearing away yeah. from me. That's good. What? He took my sicknesses, and he took them and put them on, and he took them away from me. He bore my sicknesses and he carried That's them good. away from me. Surely, I, I like what what do you say? Um, for real. For real. My, see, so, okay, if I go back to, um, I'm, I'm reading this down my new, I mean, um, in, um, in my new American Bible, surely our griefs he himself bore, all right, let's just flip that over and put actually these words, for real, our sicknesses, he carried away, for real, for real, he took, he, 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 under, and it's like it's the bear, it's yeah. the take hold, and then carry, he, he took them away. He got my, he took my sicknesses away, carried my sicknesses away, and my and and um, and then let's have a look at um, the next one. And he 
Our griefs, we understand that. Pains, he carried. A verb meaning to bear a load, to carry it means to bear, to endure, to carry something, to carry burdens of some kind as a slave or lave. Um, so again, it talks about, okay, we understand, I've got that, mm. but we understand bearing it, but there's a sense of carrying away. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I'm not just holding it for you. Yeah. You know? not, 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 not to be returned. Or no, just... I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not just holding your groceries for you while you find your car keys and then give them back to you. you know what I mean? No, I'm taking them off you. Yeah. I'm bearing them, but I'm bearing them away from you. Mm. What did he carry away? For real, he carried my sicknesses and he carried my pains. Yeah. He carried my sicknesses and my pains so away. For real? Um, are you serious? Is this what he's really done? Like, legit? <laughs> legit? Legit? For, for all the younger... Yeah, Josh is putting some good um, translations. Legit? That's right, I don't think that's um legit. He carried our sicknesses, and that's why we can actually go back to um verse five. He was wounded because of our rebellious deeds, he was crushed because of our sins, he endured punishment that made us well, and because of his wounds, because of his stripes, the things that he bore upon his body, mm. we have been healed. Yeah. Oh yes. Does that include am I sins? Yes, it does. Does that include my physical suffering? Yes, it does. All right. And so, and now, and my understanding is okay. When Jesus, this was obviously all speaking about the time on the cross. Mm. Um, you know, as it goes on, verse, um, you know, the scourging. By you know, this verse, the scourging. You know, specifically talks about the the, the stripes that Jesus got when he was being about to be taken to the cross. He was whipped and beaten. Those stripes went on his back mm. were part of him beginning that, that, that I'm taking your sin yeah. and I'm taking your sickness. Um, there's part of me that says, oh, hang on a sec. How did he do all the healing leading up to the cross? Um, how, did, how did that happen? Because he hadn't actually been to the cross yet. And um, But it, I, it's the same way that... Um, when they brought the man on the stretcher and he says, um, your sins are forgiven, how could, how could he have the authority to forgive sin but he hadn't yet been to the cross? Mm, yeah. It was because he was speaking on the certainty of, you know, you know it's the God who was and is and is to come. Yeah, he, was speaking, he was speaking now, but on the certainty of what was going to be paid but there's a sense that because God had already declared it and said, Isaiah 53, by those words being prophesied, they, they were tangible that they could lay hold of. And then yeah. when the new covenant came, we enter into the fullness of it and the reconciliation that he's done. And that was say, I believe all the healings that he did were also based on what he was going to pay for. Yeah. And um, he's going to carry them. Like, but, it's all foreshadowing. Yeah. Like, and, and, then, and then after... Um, after that time, then it's in the past tense. And yeah. It has been paid for. Mm. So going to be paid for, paid for. But praise God, all the, the provision. That's why um, every, see every person who offered a sacrifice in the old covenant and it says their sins were covered, 
um, by the sacrifice. Well, the sacrifice never covered anything. The blood of the bulls and goats can't forgive sin. It was only a shadow of what Jesus would. Mm. So their forgiveness was real, but their forgiveness was based on, yeah. on something that was going to be paid for. And the fullness of that and the new covenant would, would bring that into reality. So that's how I, you know, my understanding of how that all works. Um, so I would encourage you just to, to spend time just meditating and reading through Isaiah 53. Like I said, start with verse 13 of chapter 52. Read these, um, re- read this through as a single passage at the end of chapter 53. Um, and understand this is the crux of why we are able to minister healing. Mm. This is where we start. This is gives us that confidence, and this is the this is the it was in fulfilment of this word that Jesus yeah. did the healings in the New Testament, and so it's in fulfilment of this word that we bring healing to people today. We lean into this; it gives us that confidence, and it starts with next week. I'm not going to do it now because I'd like to take time to open this up. Um, you know, we uh, we say, oh, but what happens? You know, if someone's a sinner, if someone's being punished for their sins, does God want people to be sick? You know, we all might, we, we we oh no, we can't even say that. You know, God God never wants you sick. Um, you know, but I understand. I understand passages like in Deuteronomy 28. Um, I'm just foreshadowing what's next week, so you can get ready. Um, you know, it says the Lord will smite you with the boils of Egypt. The Lord will smite you with um, madness and blindness. The Lord will strike you on the knees and legs. Um, you say, oh, that doesn't say. Um, and um, you know, so it, it's it's like, oh, um, verse 61 of Deuteronomy 20, also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the Lord, the Lord will bring on you until you are destroyed. Oh, wow. How, how do I reconcile God who's bringing the sickness with what I'm saying yeah. here. I'm going to unpack that next week. We're going to look at a number of scriptures like that and also look at how that actually works and what God's plan is. But before we look at those passages, okay, you go to Isaiah 53 and you look through the lens of what's already been paid for. Yeah. All right? It, 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 does, it makes sense to say, okay, if we're having a discussion in the library about does God want you to go to the water park or not, to do it in the context of, well, you know, he has paid for you. Yeah. <laughs> it can't, it can't be his, not his will for you to go. Um, but does God want you to go? Should you go? And all, you know, well, he's paid for you. So it, mm. everything we, we're working on is a premise that he actually did that, and it's like, what? For real? For real? He paid for my sicknesses. He carried, and and he's not going to carry them. So I'm holding them for you. <laughs> Can I come put it back? No, no, no. It was a carried away. All right? So he's not holding sickness yeah. to dump back. He has seen... That, where did those sicknesses come from? Well, they came through your your rebellion. We all like sheep have gone astray. Mm. You know, we, we are sinners. It's our sin that has attracted this to us. And he's come to bear both our sins and our sicknesses and so to lift it off us yeah. and it's carried away. So with that as your, as our foundation then we can look at, well, how does this all other part work? Because that can confuse people. Mm. And people say, well, hang on a sec. You know, um, you know I'm, I'm, Trophimus didn't get healed. You know, um, Herod got sick. You know, an angel lord went and struck him. And, you know, 
Um, you know, God still doing you know things like Deuteronomy 28. Okay, all those things will undermine your ability to, to legitimize and hold. Mm. So we start with the first one. We are not looking at circumstances to work out the will of God. We are looking at what God has paid for and established as part of yeah. the covenant. He's put it in the covenant. That's where we start with. Um, uh, question, what about people being healed in the Old Testament? Yes. Um, if that's a question in, re in reference to um, the way that Jesus was able to minister, maybe I've already answered it. I don't know, you know, I didn't know when the question came in, Kayla or Kyra. Um, the, um, the every, every, every forgiveness and every healing that was experienced in the old covenant yeah. was done as under the shadow of eventually God was able to have the authority to do it because he would pay for it. Yeah. He would, he would cleanse us from our sins and, and the benefit of the new covenant is that he works now, not just does, does gives our forgiveness um, and, and um, covers our sins, but he actually wipes our sins mm. and, and starts a new, the, the covenant that Jeremiah prophesied where it would be on the inside and a man would have the law written on his heart. And we, you know, we saw it in Second Corinthians um, 5, but in you know, a number of places, we're brand new creatures. All things have passed. All the, so all that that actual ah, happened in the new covenant, and we and today we're walking there. But some of the benefits and the blessings, you know, let's not forget the Psalm 103 that we're basing this on says He forgives all my um, um, gives all my sins and He heals all my diseases was by David singing in the under the old covenant. Yeah. So he was he was celebrating and declaring the provision that God would make, but. Um, Ultimately, um, someone's got to pay for this. So you, forgiveness must be paid for, and sickness which comes out of sin, out of you know, it, it sin, sickness entered the world when sin entered the world. They came. You know, sickness was a, a a physical manifestation of the problem of the internal problem. Um, someone's got to pay pay for the sin, which is also then dealing with the sickness. Mm. Someone's got to carry that. Someone's got to bear that. Someone's got to take it. And um, every promise given in the old covenant was on the premise that someone was going to pay for it. And um, why could that God deal? Because when God declares something and God speaks it, he calls those things that are not as though they are. Yeah. He is, he is so confident because he was and is and is to come. He can speak with absolute confidence. You know what I mean? About what, yeah. you know. Um, That's good. Um, you know, so you know, the, the, I think I did an illustration many, many years ago. I'm trying to pull my head. It was around this, you know, where you buy a car and you say, "Oh, the final payment will be next week," and I toss you the car keys. And I say, "Well, hang on." I said, "I said the final payment will be next week." He said, "Your word is good." All right. So you, you, the benefit you're getting now yeah, is okay. based on the payment you're going to make, and the only way I, and and I have such confidence in the person making that yeah. now. In reality, you can't be totally confident with anybody on that. Like you could say, you know, oh, he's got a million dollars, he'll pay. Yeah, but he might get hit by a bus and the, and the, you know, the bank that he's got all his money might collapse. I don't know for certain. You don't know for certain. If you say you're going to pay me next week, you can make every promise you want, but I can't be totally confident you will actually come through with that. You might change your mind. You might break your promise. You might have a fancy lawyer come in and get yeah. you out of it. All sorts of things. You might, even, you, know, you might just be totally unable to fulfill that because all your money gets wiped out in a stock crash in the next two days. So you make that promise. You cannot 100% cross my heart know 
but that promise will be fulfilled. Mm, yeah. But there's one person who can make that promise, who is and was and is to come, who says, I am saying with total confidence it will be paid for, and therefore I toss you the car keys. And only God was able to do that level of... Um, yeah. So he could Very forgive. Good. He had the authority to forgive sins. He had the ability to be healing. I believe all those things happened because the absolute confidence that Jesus would carry those. And, you know, it possibly went back to the very start when um, you know Adam and Eve sinned and he said uh, he he you know he will you know you'll bruise his heel but he will crush your head sort of thing. Prophet signing of the seed that would do that. Um, that that could easily be the first prophecy that released everything because God said, yeah. I'm gonna fix this. Yeah. Right from the start so God said I'm gonna fix it. So by prophesying it, speaking it, then they had the confidence they could do it. Um so I, I trust that was the question that you were um, asking, and if not, it was a good answer. Was, I thought that was a good answer regardless. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah, even if it's, Just even be if, happy with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, if you've got another question, we can gladly answer something different anyway. Um, um, so, yeah, so next week we will dig a little bit deeper mm. in this because you need to have confidence. Yeah. All right? And when things go south, um, you know, like uh, questions like, "Oh, maybe God's trying to teach me something." All right, that, that's been a that's been a, class, uh, a strong. Well, you know, do you learn through suffering? Oh, yeah, I learn through a whole lot of things. Does God bring suffering? Um, does God cause suffering? Well, you know, Deuteronomy. You know, we say no, no, no. But then, you know, those scriptures from Deuteronomy twenty-eight. Then why does it say um, he struck and he did and he did? You know, if the Lord will smite, the Lord will smite. What's he doing smiting? You know, I'm thinking he's my good God. You know. How does that handle? So we will deal with those only because you need to be 100% confident that Mm. this is the will of God and what he's doing. And we need it to be based on the word. So we started with Isaiah 53 and then we'll build from there. Mm. All right. So So um, a bit bit of homework. Maybe maybe read through the start of 52 and 53, was it? Yeah, the last verses, the last three verses, Isaiah 52 and then all the way through Isaiah 53, and just meditate on that. And um, when you get to verse 4, go, for real? Legit? 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 <laughs> what? That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> what was he? What? Whoa, I didn't see that coming. Um, hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Um, and um, Not a good word for it. Yeah. So, um, sh- you know, surely this doesn't really cut it for my life. Um, he... Our griefs, you know, and, and just actually meditate and talk and think and pray about this. You know, if, if you've got a Bible like mine where um, it says, you know, surely our griefs, well, I've just written above it sickness mm. and I've just gone through and our, and our sorrow and our sorrows, our pains. And, um, and you know, so I, I, I you know, just, just put in those words so that when I read this, I can put the, the accurate, to, I believe, the accurate translation. What they were trying to do was like, oh, it makes it sound like it's all physical. Yeah. So if we put these words, it won't sound so physical. Mm. Otherwise, people think it's only physical. I don't know whether they thought that, but they were definitely pushing it away. Well, the trouble is that they were very physical words that were being used, and Matthew picked up on it. So I'm happy to leave them as physical words, but we read this whole thing understanding that it's our... And because it says he was pierced through for my transgression, crushed for our iniquities... Um, yeah, they're, 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 that, that covers inside and outside. Yeah. So um, I don't think we need to hide the physical. 
We need just to embrace what he said. The chastening of our well-being. Now, I never, um, we didn't spend time, and this is your homework. It says our well-being, our peace. Um, you've got to go and look up the Hebrew word for that and um, find out what he was he would be. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. Go and look at that word. If you want to find a word that's got some depth, there's one. Okay? And um, just then meditate on this. All right, that's your homework because you are saying, what did my mum pay for at the start of the school term? This applies to me. You need to know this because when you're going to get on the bus today, it's got to be based on this. You need to know this so you won't just be sitting in a library. Yes. Uh, all day. With half a dozen other friends saying, I wish we could go to the library. Yeah. But we're learning something. <laughs> we're learning. We've got to hear. My mum wanted me to learn something. Yeah, if you wanted to learn, learn how to slide down a water slide, it'd be fun today. A good example, because I'm, I'm not really fond of libraries. So <laughs> I feel like you might be more happy in a library, but yeah. That's a good example. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy in a library, but I'd be really happy in a water park. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, Okay, they're just oh, some people just lost sound. They've well, lost sound. We are just going to bless the Lord and close here. Um, for those who still have sound, you are blessed. I, uh, we, we praise God that we've got sound back. Facebook didn't do us any favors today. Yeah, they, they will work to us. Thank God for uh, YouTube. Bless you guys. Meditate on Isaiah 53, and then we will build on this next week. God bless you.